everyone, my name is Aspen Dudzik and I am your host for Forestry Talks, a podcast that explores all things forestry in Alberta. I'm here today at the beautiful Fairmont Jasper Park Lodge in Jasper, Alberta, and we're here to celebrate our annual general meeting and conference for the Alberta Forest Products Association. I've got some great guests that are going to join me for the show this week. You're going to love them. I can't wait to share them with you. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Forestry Talks here at the beautiful Fairmont Jasper Park Lodge. I am so excited to be joined by Shenandoah Johns. She is the Chief Environment and Sustainability Officer at West Fraser. Shenandoah, thank you so much for joining me. Well, thanks for inviting me, Aspen. Yeah, how are, how are you doing today? How are you enjoying the conference so far? Well, it's stunning. I've lived in Alberta for 25 years, and if you can believe it, this is the first time I've been at Jasper Park Lodge. Are you kidding? Which is uh, sinful almost, yeah. <laughs> spectacularly beautiful and a perfect fall day. Yeah, wonderful. Well, I'm so glad to have you here with us. And um, I'm so excited to get into the work that you do because sustainability is one of those really incredible topics. But first, let's start with Chief Environment and Sustainability Officer. What does that mean? It (laughs) is more title, I think, um, than I ever aspired to to, um, have. But to be honest, it's the work I wanted to do ending my career. So yeah. I think what what it means to me is doing work that matches my values. Mm-hmm. And so environment and, and sustainability are your values. Definitely some of my core values, yes. Yeah, let's let's talk a little bit about that. So how, how do your values interact with the work that you do on a daily basis? Well, I think, you know, first of all, I'm a mom of four. And I've, I've had um, lots of opportunity. I actually worked in oil and gas for over 20 years before I joined forestry. And as I was staring down sort of the latter part of my career, I, it became so important to me that I went into a renewable business mm-hmm. and did work that was going to leave this earth better for my children yeah. and for that generation. Yeah, that's wonderful. And uh, with your time and your experience in oil and gas, was there a lot of surprises when you moved to the forest industry? Is there some synergies? Like, how was that uh, that transfer for you? Well, I think I think there's a lot a lot more similarity than people might think when yeah. you work in a manufacturing and natural resources sector. Um, a lot of people think they're night and day different, mm-hmm. but but you know, didn't take me terribly long to get up to speed. Um, but I do find um, strategically and from a business plan perspective, uh, forestry far more inspiring than working yeah. in fossil fuels. Yeah. Well, that's wonderful to hear. And so I want to I wanna know what gets you excited about sustainability and forestry and some of the future opportunities that exist? There's so much to talk about yeah. in terms of what gets me excited. But I, I think First of all, one of the things I noticed right away um, was the people Mm -hmm. and how refreshingly down to earth the people are in this industry and actually how much they care. You can talk a lot about the environment and sustainability. It's a great thing to make, you know, lofty commitments and talk. I say a lot of big talk Mm -hmm. Um, right now, especially is very popular, but the people are on the ground in this industry mm-hmm. doing things every day to make this planet better and to make yeah. sure that we have forests for a long, long time, many generations into the future. And I think having that kind of pragmatic, practical experience um, makes 
our industry doers yeah on tricky issues such as climate change or you know biodiversity loss i i love that so much and uh you know what that kind of makes me think of or, or wants to explore with you is west fraser is a big company and a lot of stuff in the sustainability space is more so at that macro level so what does that look like for you when you're um trying to you know, I guess, generate buy-in across um, all of the different operations across Canada and in the States, um, getting the sustainability values all the way to the boots on the ground. You touched on a lot of that is already really ingrained into into all of us as part of the forest industry. But what does that look like for you taking like a macro mm. topic like sustainability and bringing it? I think that sustainability and the way it's used in society right now, it's like learning a new language. So sustainability, as a small s sustainability, Mm -hmm. is intuitive to many people working in the forestry sector. Um, So my job, I think, is like a translator. So I need to understand at a macro level the trends and the issues, the hot topics that are being um, dealt with at a global scale Mm -hmm. and then come back to the company and in simple speak because there's you know like there's so many um acronyms and standards and voluntary (laughs) yeah that's what people call it right alphabet soup is actually be able to connect it to those things that they already understand and Mm. know about and so i kind of yeah i kind of think of my job as a translator because at the end of the day if you want to be sustainable yeah if you want to be a leader you actually need to embed the values of sustainability at every level in the organization it's not you know a capital mm-hmm. a c-suite kind of job that's yeah. not the work that sustainability is all about it's about the people who wake up in the morning and think what am i going to do today at work how are my values personally aligning with the company values for how we want to leave this place for our children yeah that's wonderful um and i, I want to talk a little bit about so you know you mentioned your children and and having those values and creating that positive future um for the future children for future generations a a big part about sustainability is empowering the workforce and i think a big opportunity there is empowering young females in the workforce so i'm wondering is there a time that you were particularly inspired as a as a female leader or any advice that you would share for young women that are getting into sustainability i think my first piece of advice and something I tell my children all the time is you need to do work you love. Yeah. Um, and that's not focused or specific advice to sustainability. I do think that um, the younger genera- generation, younger than me, cares a whole lot about, you know, what we're doing about climate change, what we're doing about, you know, to prevent the collapse of biodiversity, um, what we're doing to advance... Um, people that are not well represented Mm -hmm. um you asked me about moments i had that were inspiring and i would say they they weren't big grand light bulb moments the moments that i i guess have put the most wind in my sails Mm -hmm. um as whether it's an employee or a leader is when i can see that the work i get to work alongside others impacts them and impacts the community around us and i think i think that's the most important thing about the work you seek Mm. Um, for me it's it's in the sustainability field but are you able to get up go to work and make a difference yeah Um, nobody wants to be 
I don't think anybody really wants to be punching a time clock. I could be wrong. But <laughs> I, I think, think you're they right. want to, people want to get up and yeah. if it's as small as making somebody smile or um, helping them understand their value, I think that's the most yeah. important. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I'm wondering if maybe we can break down this idea of sustainability a little bit and make it more practical for people. Because we're talking about this, you know, what can be a very broad subject. So can you maybe share with us some examples of what sustainability looks like at West Fraser? I'll answer that in two parts. Sure. Um, Aspen. So the, fir- <laughs> the first, the fir- what is sustainability? I think, I think Indigenous nations have it right there's this philosophy of every decision you make Mm -hmm. needs to stand the test of seven generations of time and so i think whether it's environmental principles or ethical governance or um, how you interact with people and communities are you making a decision that stands up mm-hmm. over seven generations, which is hundreds of years? Yeah. Um, and, and so that's how simple it is. And I think um, very often people are making short-term decisions or weighing the, the, the benefit, a cost-benefit analysis, which I understand. I, I get economics. But... Um, but you need to run it o- over longer periods of time. Now, what, what does it mean at West Fraser? I, I said already that a lot of um, sustainability values, how we um, make sure that we have a safe working environment. And by safe, I don't just mean physical safety. I mean mm-hmm. psychologically yes. safe workplace for people, for our contractors, that we're investing in the communities. Um, and and our environmental stewardship are all are all intuitive, mm-hmm. but I think sometimes that um, companies, including West Fraser, but you know I think this is a broader issue. Let perfection be the enemy of good, right. and so you know for us, what sustainability looks like is continuous improvement. Yes, we're not. We're not thinking, you know, we're going to go away in a room, work on some things, come out with a perfect product, Mm -hmm. and we're done. Sustainability is not a project. I don't think, you know, over the years, it's been called many things. And so, you know, um, there were some very international um, publications last year that were questioning ESG specifically and whether it was here to stay. And the truth is, I think sustainability is been around since time immemorial people people invest where their values are Mm -hmm. and so um you know a couple decades ago we called it social corporate responsibility yeah you know now it's esg it's not going away and it's not it's not a project so we're gonna continuously improve i think that's our commitment Mm mm-hmm Yeah, that's awesome to hear. And I'm wondering, um, because I know West Fraser, you recently released, um, recently released your second sustainability report. Is that right? Uh, Well, we, yes. Yeah. We have had, um, 
we've released reports. We used to call them responsibility reports oh, okay. for the last uh, decade or so. Mm-hmm. But I think the title officially, Sustainability Report, gotcha. is, you're right, is, has been for two years now. Yeah. That's right. So now with this lens, I guess over the last couple of years of, of really tracking some of those important metrics, what are some of the things that you've learned in this process? Uh, specific to Wes Fraser or just from a... Both, Yeah. I actually think corporations and governments and international agencies are over-rotating on sustainability reporting. Mm. I think they've made it so complicated that an average person doesn't actually know what to get out of it. And, you know, I look at a lot of competitors' reports and reports of sustainability leaders, and you have reports that are getting into the hundreds and hundreds of pages. And, you know, that's not something that my teenager is going to go read. Right. And um, it's hardly something I want to go read. Right. That's right. <laughs> and so it's, there's quite a juxtaposition with reporting right now because I, I do think there's a desire. There's certainly a desire at West Fraser mm-hmm. to be transparent about your performance yeah. and to talk about what matters to the, the, your key stakeholders in the communities that care about what you're doing. And, and I think there's a bit of an art to actually both be transparent and not pick and choose the statistics or the key performance mm-hmm. indicators you talk about, but also tell your story in a very simple way and a humble way. I think, I think humility has got to be part of the conversation. Um, I don't know anybody that's perfect. Yeah. And um, if we're not always committed to just get better year over year, then, you know, I don't, I, I I think that it's all for naught. So, yeah, yeah I think. Uh, go ahead. That, that, I would say that's that's one of my learnings, and it's one of the challenges I think in how we communicate to others. So, so you mentioned our last sustainability report. We actually are scaling the pages back mm. to try and just to be disciplined about being simple. That doesn't mean we don't have scads of data in the back, etc. But mm-hmm. you know, we want to keep the messages simple and. And I I also think if you look at the change corporates are managing over the last, say, decade, Mm -hmm. sort of all the technology improvements and sort of the changing workforce, the the amount of change companies are are navigating is, is increasing exponentially. So I think it requires a lot of discipline for us to be focused on material and core priorities and um right now in the sustainability space it's a little bit like a paintball game where everybody (laughs) wants to talk like hit everything and yeah you know color everything and multicolored paintballs i i I don't think we can do that and be effective and Mm -hmm. so i think trying to keep the message simple and be high almost ruthlessly prioritize mm. is an important is an important part of of uh, driving your organization forward yeah and and i think um maybe something that that brings to mind for me because you talked about that humility and, and for me that's also about authenticity and so if you feel as a company pressured to cover all of the different topics i mean in reality the position your company might be in right now you might not actually be able to effectively move on all of those different subjects and i think sometimes we hear 
um, you know, a lot of controversy or, or comments um, about greenwashing. Mm. And so I love your comment about humility. And, and for me, it's about authenticity. When you're talking about sustainability and what, and what your company is doing, you know, it has to be authentic. Absolutely. And, and you know, I do worry because if you, if you focus on what you think your priorities are, if you're focused on wanting just to get like continuously improve Mm -hmm. there are going to be mistakes made there are going to be commitments missed um as i said it's not going to be perfect out of the gates and i think what's hard for companies is that there's not often a lot of grace given Mm -hmm. for that and so green washing is one outcome green hushing is another term that has come to the forefront now because companies are nervous about making ambitious commitments. Uh And so they're, they might make them internally, but be afraid to talk about them because they want to swing for the fences. That's, Mm. you know, my sports analogy for the day, but, but they're, they're scared to let everyone know that they're doing that because they don't want to be, um, eviscerated right should they not should they fall short of the mark and i think that's a danger actually um for us i guess um we're gonna swing for the fences i think Mm -hmm. is our philosophy we'll talk about it and then um we'll be humble if we have to tell everybody that you know things changed and they didn't go quite as we as we expected and my hope is i mean i haven't experienced this yet but as if we can be transparent along the way authentic Mm -hmm. um that we're not we're not that there will be a little bit of grace you know as we as we're doing our best yeah well and and you know that kind of comes back to your comment initially about how the idea of being perfect sometimes paralyzes people from Mm -hmm. action and i think the action and and the little steps along the way are, are really what's most important about that process it's really true yeah um, you're gonna have to help me out on this one because I read this in your sustainability report, and now I'm trying to remember the title of it. But uh, West Fraser recently signed was it the UN Global Impact? Oh yeah, we um, became a member of yeah. the UN Global Compact. Global Compact. There That's we go. Right. <laughs> so if you think about the UN um, SDGs, which mm-hmm. are the Sustainability Development Goals, really when they were created, they were created for governments. So yeah. governments signed up. And um, which is where you need to start. You have the um, the global powers, the g- governing powers, um, in agreement with these development goals. The next step is: well, you need corporates in mm-hmm. the different countries to also sign up and be aligned. And so the UN Global Compact was created with a real vision of how to take those sort of government level goals and apply them across um, the corporates across right. the world. So that's what, that's what we signed up for. Yeah. So more, more practical for industry, more, more applicable, applicable. to the work that we do. And, and, and I guess more uh, provides more guidance mm-hmm. specifically in terms of the impacts that the the um, UN is looking for com- corporate citizens to mm-hmm. make. So why was it important for West Fraser to sign on to that? Well, we are on a leadership journey yeah. for sustainability. And I think um, this might be a polarizing comment, but, you know, when I came into forestry, um, one of my observations was 
the industry for years has been very comfortable staying out of the limelight, mm-hmm. likes to fly below the radar. And, and I think they've learned some hard lessons through some of the, um, you know, war, war in the woods, for example. So yeah. I, I, I understand, um, I understand that, but we can't be insular and we need to look up and understand what sustainability leaders are, um, doing across the world, not just within our industry. Yeah. So, being part of the UN Global Compact was is an important way for us to look in the mirror and to understand what we're doing, what the best practices, what the best companies out there are doing, and sort of um, uh, sharpening the iron. Yeah. Well, that's a very exciting step, and I, I look forward to seeing or hearing more about what comes out of that. Thank you. Um, I have one last question for you before uh, before I let you go. Okay. I was wondering what advice you might have for companies that are just starting out on their sustainability journey. Uh, I, uh, start, you know, like <laughs> don't, don't, um, don't fail to get out of the gates. Um, and do not, I've said this already. Yeah. I think it's, it's how I started this chat Aspen and how I'll end it is that don't let perfect be the en- enemy of good and don't be paralyzed um, by taking, you know, take small steps. You don't yeah. have to, not everything has to, has to um, be a home run. There's a second sports analogy. There. <laughs> Perfect. But. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining me for this. Is there anything else that you'd like to add before we wrap up? No, it's my pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks. All right. <laughs> Thanks for joining me for another episode of Forestry Talks, a podcast that explores all things forestry in Alberta. We've got some more great guests lined up for our AGM this week. Stay tuned for more. And if you're curious to learn even more about forestry in Alberta, check out our website, loveabforest.ca. I'm your host, Aspen Dudzik, and I'll see you next time. This series is proudly produced by the team at Road 55. Road 55 creates content that connects. For more information, check our website, www.road55.ca.